is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Mickey James talk to the newest edition of the Monday Night Raw roster. Chance and Carter join us on the podcast this morning. Also, we talk to Metal Master himself, Jamie Josta, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Miss Katana Chance, Caden Carter, how are you doing this morning? Welcome to Busted Open. Welcome to Women of Wednesday. We're honored to have you here. Oh, thank you. We're so excited to be here. Good to see you. Good to see you too. So how you doing? So how are you guys feeling? Like how are you feeling? This is big. Like, I mean, you know, Huge. um Mickey Huge. made the prediction. Mickey said here on Busted Open that you both were gonna get moved up to the main roster and go to Raw. So that was all predicted by by Mickey James. But uh how are you guys feeling? Like the excitement of being a part now of Monday Night Raw. Uh, well, first, thank you, Mickey, yeah, for, for believing in us. <laughs> I think that you might have showed me that, actually, before yeah. the draft. Like, she was like, hey, Mickey said, like, we were one of the ones. I was like, oh, we love her. Um, but it's just surreal. You know, we've been working for this for so long and together as a team as well. Like, we've had the opportunity to to stay together for so many years. It's been four years now as a team. So to be able to share this moment and, like, finally be there, it's just – it doesn't feel real yet. It hasn't yeah, been, that's like, what I'm saying. It's only been a week, so it we're, like – It hasn't kicked in yet. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Did you know? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> we actually um, – we actually were pretty sure it wasn't happening. Like, not only did we not know, we thought we, like, weren't. And then especially when, like, the um, women's tag champs got brought up, we were like, man, they, like, that's probably the tag team that they're taking. And, like, it's that's it, you know? And then, like, the very last, like, at, like, 1030 on Monday, and we're at the watch party, and we were like, I think it's over. And then they just, like, said our names, and we were like, wait, what's happening? Like, what brand did they even say? Like, I, like, blacked out. out. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't even know. Exactly. But That's it's wild. It's- Oh, I'm sorry, Mickey. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that's wild, but it's not because we were talking about that uh, when we were talking about the draft last. I was like, I remember sitting. I was like, they really did keep us in the dark. We did. We had no idea who was getting called up or any of that stuff or brand switching or anything. But I'm very, very excited for you. And you, when you say four years of teaming is a long time, but I think that's why you all have been able to carve out your you know, success and your niche is really as like a, a tag team and tag team wrestlers, you know, and really using each other and that teamwork for everything to work. And I'm sure that's been a journey, especially in NXT, when you're trying to grow and find who you are and develop your own skills and uh, be in a team because you have to depend on each other so much, I'm sure. So um, hopefully that aids you in Raw and, and the main roster. But um, what do you think some of your strengths are, you know, going into that locker room as a team? I mean, I, like, even just talking about the amount of time we've been wrestling, like, we've been wrestling together way longer than either of us, like, wrestled on our own. Like, I only wrestled (laughs) for a year before we started tagging at the PC. I think for you, maybe a year and a half. Maybe the same? A year, year and a half. A year and a half, four years. Yeah, a year and a half. So, it's like, like, and we've been tagging together for four years. So, it's like, it's been so much of a build of us getting to know each other separately, together, what we can bring, and, like, how much that can form our like connection in the ring. So I think mm-hmm. 
going into um, like the locker room together for us having that opportunity. It's just like such an advantage to be able to be able like lean on each other in the ring, out of the ring. We know each other so well. So I think that when we get different opponents, like we're able to like mold to other people really well. And I feel like it's going to be really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just, I was waiting for you to finish that up. Um, <sighs> I, I don't know. I think that just because like we, I always tell people that we're not, we don't get jealous or of, of each other and what we're trying to do. Cause I know that there's teams that come along and you know, they're just two individuals that come together. So everyone may be used to the spotlight. And for us, like we kind of built our foundation on like trusting each other or trying to make each other better. So mm -hmm. I feel like that like um, poses as a, as a strength for us because it's like, if I see things or if I know she's capable of doing something, I don't mind trying to push her to do it or create something and being like, Hey, let's go try this out. And like, then we come together and like form something that like maybe people haven't seen before. And like from now and forever, I'll tell people, I have not seen a women's tag team that have been together as long and has worked together as long as we have. And our goal was to be the best women's tag team that has ever existed in WWE. And, mm -hmm. you know, just to show that like, you know, we we're capable, you know, because I, I've never seen that happen really before you right. know, um, to be like innovative, creative, and just like really set a different standard for what uh, people believe is women's tag wrestling, you know? Yeah. Well, tag wrestling is one of my favorites. I know we've had that conversation here on the show because I think that there is a specific art to tag team wrestling. And when you find a great team and great tag team wrestling, like you can, it's amazing. And it's amazing to watch. It's one of my favorite matches and types of matches to watch. And I think that you all have been able to carve that out for yourself and really hone in. And I think because so correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are really great friends in real life, you know, mm -hmm. so you know what, like how to compliment each other and what, and also the most important thing, what each other's weaknesses are. So that's where you guys can kind of balance each other out and tag in oh, when necessary she was dark. she loved me so much I think, no, to your point though what we're very opposite um, but i think during like what people don't realize either what affected a lot of people is like during covid was really hard so like like pre-covid was like you know we're starting to form this team and then covid happened and then you have all this free time to really like gather your ideas, like form your friendships, your relationships. Like I think in COVID we spent like every day together, just mm -hmm. about, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. that was like, you know, one of the reasons why we're able to like form such a closeness is because I mean, we're, we can't do anything. We're just in a house and now our minds are just going, you know, we're shooting videos. We're talking about wrestling, things we want to do and stuff for the future and having to deal with anything that happened with COVID, you know, you guys don't talk about just anything that was terrible or good or bad, anything on all the experience, um, experiences that we shared, even like being like that we call ourselves the Thunderdome babies, you know, saying what during that era, like, you know, that's kind of unheard of is wrestling, you know, in front of like the TV fans and stuff right. like that. So it was yeah. very interesting to, you know, have a journey with her with that, you know? Yeah. yeah like she was saying in, in COVID, when we got closer, we would just like, make videos and stuff and that was part of like what really showed like kind of the production team like what we actually were like as people and i think that that really helped them in like believing in us as a, as a tag team like we had wrestled on like live events for nxt and stuff as a tag and we were like this is kind of cool you know but they didn't really like see us as a package yet i don't think that could go on mm -hmm. TV. and then when we started 
like pu- like pushing it ourselves. And she was like, we're gonna make TikTok videos. I was like, all right, we're bored of COVID. Let's do it, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? And it like, they got to see us for us. And like, I think people related to that more and that's why it actually was able to build. So it's cool to right. see like, from the actual friendship, like you were saying, how it was able to like, kind of shine through in, in TV world as well as like real life. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love you know, it. Caden, you mentioned that you do have, as close as you are, you are opposite in a lot of ways. So what are some of the differences that you two have? I'm going to say polar op, like the spectrum on every end. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I'm very like, I think people think I come across as very like hardcore and like, you know, I want to say like, not like bitchy, but just like unapproachable, which is crazy because like, if you do just like say one word to me, automatically my whole expression changes it's just like how I am but I am the less emotional person in this group where she is so <laughs> care- I'm talking about like it's so bad to the point where like if I'm an introvert if I don't know you and an extrovert like obviously if I'm friends with you so like there'll be people just random it could be anyone random I'm talking about it could be someone on the side of the street and I will just walk by because it's not my business I'm like you know my introvert self she'll behind me be like hello how are you doing do you need anything and I'm just turning around I'm like I look like an a-hole now. I don't ask people people on the street if they need anything. That's at work. pretty close. At work. But like, if someone's new or something, I'll be like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like, you need it, whatever. But like, yeah, if I'm walking by someone on the street, I'll smile. And I just hear them behind me and I'm just like, dude, I look like, I'm just, I'm just a trash person. (laughs) Like, but it's just funny. But it's just like, like I said, she's the, the one who, I think that she like over, like not overthinks, but she thinks a lot about oh, no, things. I do overthink. And like, for me, I'm just kind of like the instant thought of things and how they go. And I'm more like, I will be quick to be a rebellious person. And she's more like, let's follow the rules. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's very opposite on all ends, I think, um, for us in every kind of way you could possibly imagine. But then you gel well in the ring. You guys are very, very innovative. Uh, really, really enjoy your style. You've had some awesome, awesome, like, five-star matches uh, in NXT. Um, With the NXT brand too, women are given the greatest platform to shine time-wise for your matches, all that stuff. Now you're coming to Raw. Hopefully that that whole continues with, you know, given time because it, it is proven. I mean, not Mickey says it all the time, but wrestling fans love tag team wrestling. And they also, the women's division, why Mickey said like, you guys need to be called up because you're some of the best and the women's tag division needs that. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that now that you have this platform and it's a, it's a much different system, it's a much different platform. You guys will shine the way you do, because I, I mean, you've said a lot of interesting things. I'm listening to your interview. Um, you've gotten over through the fans. It, it's almost like, you, like you said, there were no fans. So how are we going to adapt? We're going to get this connection with people. And you do have that connection with people from your entrance, your entire vibe. It's cool. I enjoyed watching it. I We have to cover this show each and every week because um, we do it on Wednesdays and we watch every week. And I was like, man, I've watched these people grow now that they're leaving. So your expectations? Um, I think I won't speak for both of us. I'll let you, you want to go first? <laughs> You go ahead. Okay, so I think that we um, we try to stay very level-headed. Like, we know uh, what we are capable of, whatever position they want to put us in. We've had, like, very long matches, banger matches on NXT. We've had very short matches that we do the best we can with it. So I know that it is a very different system, and we love what we've done so far. So, like, in my mind, 
we just want to stay level, whatever is, um, we'll fight for opportunities when we can and whatever opportunities we do get, make the best of them. Same in the same way, like connect with the people there, like the fans, some are the same, but it's very different. It's bigger. It's a different group um, being to be like being able to be in different cities every time. So I think just do what like we know we're capable of. Stay level about it. Don't get too, you know, I got to try not to. I, I do overthink <laughs> things. So I'm going to just um, be, be happy and do our best. I think I, I just love wrestling and I feel like watching it's like it's hard because like I sat in NXT for like a whole year before I even got into wrestling school. And I watched like Sasha and Charlotte and Becky start from like the, like the bottom before they were these colossal stars. Like I got to physically watch that and always sit there and be like, I want to do this. And I've watched my journey actually be the same. Like now it's like starting to create and unfold. And we weren't a part of like the women's evolution um, because we were just starting out. We were just getting there. And when we um, combined um, our skills together and, and joined forces, I think we were trying to create another wave of a, a different type of evolution for ourselves because like, you know, we felt like, I'm not saying we were left out of it, but we didn't get to contribute in the way that I really love wrestling and just, I want to be a part of everything and help, you know, to create the past and everything for women. Um, so going up to the main roster, I feel like I, I just want to like the world to see what we're capable and know that it exists. You know what I'm saying? Know that mm -hmm. we came from a similar journey because people watched us grow from the very bottom from the other side of the barricade to now in the ring um and we just want to create that history and i just i want to see us happen like for that so my expectation is like i want to go up there and like just kill it with everybody you know and i want to make magic with everyone and so that people will actually be like dang they are making their own kind of like legacy or they are making their own kind of evolution and um contributing to this women's division you know that's our evolution is like in the tag world like you're saying yeah. like our i feel like our evolution is like showing them yeah like what the women got to do in the evolution and showing them like, we can keep up with the guys, we can surpass the guys. Like people want to watch us too. They're not walking away when the women come on. Like they're like, I want to see what they do next. I feel like for us, we're trying to do that with, with tag team wrestling, especially in the women. Like a lot of the moves that we do, she'll come to me with an idea and be like, we need to do this. I've only seen like one random guy do this. We need to do it. Both of us make it better as women, as a team. We need to like always lifting that bar I feel like for tag team can be our own like evolution, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. That's our, yeah. Do you guys uh personal dream match? Personal dream match. Ooh. As a tag team? Doesn't matter. Mine's hard because I love there's so many different styles that I love. Like, so like obviously, yeah, I always like love watching you. And I, and then like currently, like I love like watching Rhea and people like Raquel, you know, I got to at least step in the ring with Charlotte and Asuka at one point. Um, and those were some matches that I wish I would have time on, you know, um, that there's just so many women who have done so many great things in different periods of time that I'm just like, I would love to wrestle everybody. Yeah. I, I, right now, as I'm thinking about it, I feel like, like Beth, Beth Phoenix would come to my mind just because I feel like. I mean, she's a legend. She's an incredible person, like inside and outside of the ring as well. And I feel like, yeah, if I had to think right now, anybody, I would be like, yeah, she's such a beast. I would like to get in the ring with her. Mm -hmm. Which which leads to another point too, is it's crazy. Cause like, I think, you know, we, we focus so much on our tag that as individual people, like she could crazy as an individual wrestler, you know what I'm saying? And people lose that. And I feel like that's another See, strong nice point. 
See, this is where you mess it up at. Like, I try to be nice and you gotta touch and stuff. Like, then she starts doing stuff like this and I'm just like but my point is it's like that I think that's what makes it so strong in unison also too what I I always love to remind people is that everyone is just always like they see the tag and they like but I think we keep our individualness between us two you know yeah I think that putting it together in some form of ways like I always want to make sure that she's her own person and I'm, I'm my own person and also together we're a threat so like I think that's something very important that you know comes with you know, those individual matches that we want to do. Yeah. What yeah. were, what was one thing you were most nervous about moving to the main roster? And one thing that you're most excited about moving to the main roster? Um, I would say nervous about is just, I don't know if that's the correct word, but if I had to think of something for me, it would probably be, there's so much incredible talent there and so little time, you know, for each show that I just be nervous. I would be nervous about, like, I don't want us to get lost in the shuffle of coming from NXT, being on this good, you know, kind of wavelength on the way up. And then there's so much incredible talent. There's only so many minutes on the show that there's time for women. So that would be my biggest thing is I, I want to make sure that we are able to like show the world what we can do. You know, I want to make sure that we, we get those moments. I agree. I, I think it's for me too. It's all of that. Plus I am, it's like change is like so I don't know I, I like to like be consistent with how things are right but I've always been prepared for this just in case whenever it happened and I think the reality of like really changing your lifestyle because people think like I think in some people's mentality they just they don't understand how it works and being in NXT we, we go to the performance center we train I'm home every night with my dogs I have two beautiful little doggies and I you know those are my life and now it's like we're going to begin to travel. We're going to go from different states, different countries, everywhere, you know, and I'm just trying to get mentally prepared for that lifestyle um, just to convert a little bit, just because I've been so used to this. Um, but I'm pretty excited about it also. I really do want to travel and I do want to go all over the place and have people see us and just have different eyes on us um, just so that we can really show what we're capable of. I was going to say it's funny because that's like a nervous one, but also an excited one. Yeah. Where we're like, yeah, we, you know, it is a big lifestyle change, but that's, I think that too, we forget like, with NXT, it's it's kind of bounced back and forth where like it was developmental, then it was like its own big brand, then now it's kind of developmental. It's like when you're in the you kind of forget that you're not supposed to like be there forever. Like we've been there for so many years because it's changed so much that it's like, oh yeah, like we're there because we're supposed to get to Raw or SmackDown. That's where we are now. So I think mm -hmm. that's like that is the most exciting part too, to be like, yes, obviously, just because we made it there doesn't mean like, oh good, we made it, we're done, we're happy. But like you know, we want to keep growing. We want to show them. So I think that's the most exciting too, is like anybody that has seen that little journey or people on in the main roster that have maybe never seen us, you know what I mean? To be able to have those eyes and show them what we're capable of, do it together, like have each other. Like it's just, it is exciting. It still doesn't feel real. It's been like only a week. Like we haven't, you know, actually done anything yet. So I feel like <laughs> we're just like visiting there or something. Like it doesn't, I think like when it feels real, <laughs> then it'll be like, you know what I mean? It'll actually hit more. Well, Caden, yeah. I would recommend a good dog sitter for you, uh, a good friend that's going to be reliable. Um, but also what you said, I mean, I remember, and I didn't know how young you were in the business, you and I having a conversation in Luke Hawks' apartment. About Luke Hawks. But that's the yeah. dream. Yeah, that, that is the dream that all of us like I, I, yeah. I remember meeting a young Mickey James on Indies. This is the dream that we all and you ladies have worked and paid your dues to get there. And also, if I can tell you, 
set goals for yourself. You, you physically, you guys could hang with everybody. I've watched you. I watch you every week. You're awesome in the ring. But then it's the other parts like, hey, okay, how do I get over? You get over with the fans. And when they see your energy, they see that you have both of you have that it factor. And then it almost forces the people. We have to put these people on TV mm -hmm. and also use the journey that you both literally said you watched Charlotte Flair. You How did that happen? They did it with their athletic performance and pattern yourselves. Why these people must watch TV and just that's all you got to do. And you already witnessed it. And once you piece that together, you're you're already there. But you're you're literally living the dream that all of us have. And now it's the next step for you. You couldn't be prouder of yourselves. Like you accomplished that together as a unit. It's awesome. And then just continue it. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. I'm leaving that on a high note. Boom. Ah, boom. <laughs> Mic drop. It's exciting because it's like a new, it's like a new step in the end to an era, but it's also like the beginning for us too. Again, you know what I mean? To be able to yeah. prove ourselves and to be able to do that. So yeah, it's exciting. This is former UFC champion, Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a Sirius XM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on Sirius XM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast, Won't Back Down. Let's bring in our good friend, singer, songwriter, producer. He does it. He wears many hats. Mr. So many Jamie hats. Jossa. How are you, sir? Very good. Thanks so much for having me out and having me on. And shout out to uh, Frankie Kazarian there with his intro music that he let me do. No That's doubt. That's awesome. That is awesome. What are you drinking there? I got a little Saratoga. You know, I'm not. Oh, wait. It's going to blur it out. Oh, it is. It not, is. Not a sponsor. But I, didn't I like wish that. Saratoga <laughs> still water here. No, oh. I'm not. I'm not drinking. I'm not hitting the booze. I haven't touched it in about 16 years. Luckily. Oh, good well, deal. Congratulations on that. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Um, Jamie, a lot to get into with you. Uh, first and foremost, you're wearing the T-shirt uh, Milwaukee Metal Fest that's taking place starting uh, May 27th. I know you're going to be doing a, a huge pre party that you're hosting. So. Talk about uh, Milwaukee Metal Fest and how our fans can get involved. Yeah, we're we're hoping everybody comes out to Milwaukee Memorial Day weekend, May 25th through the 28th. I'll be playing the pre-party, doing so, uh, some Hatebreed and Slayer songs with Paul Bostaff from Slayer. We also have uh, Chris Garza from Suicide Silence, Phil Demel from Violence, who's playing the following day on the Friday and Tim Ripper Owens, who used to sing in Judas Priest, who I just produced his new EP. It's called Return to Death Row, if anybody wants to check that out. And yeah, we have a stacked lineup for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We have re-entry each day till 6 p.m. For us uh, older folks who might need to go take a nap after the first four or five hours of death metal, or uh, or anybody who wants to show up and, and visit the food trucks, the vendors, we... Mm. we we got a ton of great entertainment and really the best of the best when it comes to metal Lamb of God, anthrax, suicidal tendencies, napalm death, violence who are uh, coming out just for this show. Also dark angel shout out to Gene Hoagland. There's uh yeah, there's just, it's a stacked lineup and, uh, and we're, we're inviting everybody and we want to have a, a wrestling 
crossover for next year. So I was really happy that you guys were going to have me on today because I watched some NWA last night and uh, and again this morning, some clips on YouTube. And I had hit up Billy months and months and months ago. I thought, you know what? Isn't he in Chicago? Aren't they doing the shows out here? We should have some synergy. Mm-hmm. He had hit me back and said, I, I, first, I wanted to pitch it to him on the podcast. And I said, you know, would you would you be interesting, interested in coming on? And he said, yeah, but can you have some of our talent on? Can you book Thunder Rosa or can you book so and so? And I said, sure, let, let's do it. It, it never ended up happening. But I thought, you know what? It, it's it's kind of, you know, I wanted him on. I didn't want to have to do favors first. Yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, but I thought maybe this would be the platform to get that conversation started again, because there's always been crossover with rock music and metal and wrestling. And, you know, Bubba was there. There's a lot of wrestlers that I think could come and sign and appear at this event. Uh, but we could also set up a ring. That's the beauty of the rave. It's literally a, a, a compound you could have you could pit you could fit twelve thousand people in there if you want so we can i'm have o- a wrestling show a, a li- rock and wrestling yes so, never heard of that before never Wait, heard this of is at the it, rave it in milwaukee? sounds genius this well is at the uh, rave in milwaukee you guys are yes it is and you guys have probably done these shows before but have they been done to the best of their ability that's my question probably not no, no. Well, you talk about the wrestling and rock connection anyway, and there's such a massive, massive crossover. I mean, even if we were having the rundown, which it took me and I still haven't finished delivering my list of greatest entrance musics of all time (laughs) and of songs made for, you know, where were the songs that were made for by an artist for the specific talent, like the one that you did for Frankie, which I have a question about about that. Um, And then, you know, songs that were, you know, Greatest, greatest entrance musics of all time, period. So there's yeah, a massive, and, massive crossover, especially within rock, I think, especially within heavy metal and rock. And so. and as and as you know, all three of you know, with the smaller promotions, the, it's just like metal and the smaller promoters in metal and rock. You're finding the the talent and the headliners of tomorrow, which is what we're trying to do with Milwaukee Metal Fest. I think based off of and this is no disrespect to Billy, but based off of the numbers we're seeing and based off of the talent that's out there, I really think the rock audience and the metal audience can bring a lot to the table for a promotion like NWA, not yeah. just with YouTube views, but even um, on the podcasting front, on the uh, overall you know promotion of the various narratives that, mm-hmm. that they have going on, the, the storylines. We've seen it in the past and it's been done, I think, pretty well, not 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 combining the concerts. But, you know, we've seen the misfits in the ring. We've seen ICP. We've seen mm-hmm. obviously uh, there's there's been other musicians um, recently that are more in the pop world. Mm-hmm. But whether it's on the managerial front or actually getting someone in there to take bumps, I think it could be really fun, really interesting. And we could have the storylines go into 2024 for the second year of Milwaukee metal fest, but you, genius. but you guys let me know what you think. Well, no, Jamie, uh, Jamie, I'll, I'll say this right now. So obviously it's too late to do anything now. Cause we're just a couple of weeks away, but for next year, I would love for busted open to be involved. Obviously Tommy and Mickey and Mark Henry and bully Ray and thunder Rosa 
are are all a part of this show. Um, maybe we could do a live broadcast. Um, you know, from from there next year, and then maybe we can have that kind of metal wrestling connection. Mickey, it's funny we were just having this conversation before today's show. I I, I try my best to kind of wave the flag for metal on my platform of busted open. Cause I'm such a big metal head B- bully is as well. We've had so many metal guests come on this show throughout the year. So I actually think it would be fantastic to be able to do something like that, Jamie. And that's why I love you, man. You're a genius. You think of these <laughs> things and this is, and yeah. you're, you're a solution guy. You're not a problem guy. You're a solution Fixer. guy. Yeah, fixer. And yeah, you know what? We have to have like a hard house or like techno or I don't know, freestyle type of stage down the block for Tommy to enjoy some music too. We could Ariana Grande appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we could we could Uh, down the block. It'll just be like his refuge to go down there. Because when I was on your podcast, I think. You had said, you know, you went to CB's a couple of times. Yeah. You knew, you knew, uh, shout out to Breakdown. You knew Mike Dijon's brother. Shout out to Mike. Um, and and you you knew about this scene, but you're more into the. Uh, I'm into, into every the, scene. I'm a baby yeah. face. I like everything. He does That's love everything. Do. So, hey, um, well, to tickle your, your visionary, number one, ECW used to work at the Rave, if it's the same place. Uh, yep. Did pay-per-view there. Yeah, uh, we did a bunch of shows there. I have wrestled at many rock fests, um, one in Toronto specifically, because it was when the bands broke down their set, they would get on the microphone and they would say, hey, it was an outdoor show. And they would say, hey, uh, and it was again, it was a rock fest and to- it was right outside of Toronto. And then they were like, go, go to this where we're going to have Tommy Dreamer take on Rhino. And mm-hmm. I wrestled Rhino, and I remember this specifically because I went to the top uh, second turnbuckle to do my dreaded 10 punches. And then as I'm climbing, Rhino goes, what's the capital of Thailand? And I went, what? And as I had my fist up to the crowd, like, yeah, he went Bangkok and hit me, right? you. Right? He, he got you in me. the pee-pee. And I went, <laughs> and my punches were like, it hurts so bad. And uh, oh, But it no. was like... It was, it was literally divert your attention from the bands breaking down, turn around, get refreshments, and then we had this stage set to the side. So, uh, and I've done that. I've also did that at my own house of hardcore. There was a rock fest going on, and we were in Virginia, and they had the bands, and in between, yay, baby. The, Sorry. Okay, see, she just has to do these things. She hears things. She has to say them. I'm it's, from Virginia. There's no filter with her. Just like, hang on, Dave, Nick. Nick, <laughs> they, they just they can't help themselves. But yes, it is a great it is a great uh, connection. Uh, yeah, no, we could make something happen. I mean, it's oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Could I think so, I, I mean, did a show, another festival that was like it must have been the ICP, like they were doing a show out there, and I don't know if I was appearing at this event or wherever. Um, and it's definitely been done before. Uh, if Billy doesn't call you back, just call me. You know what? What? <laughs> Thank you. So, All right. So I, I think it's unanimous. I think it's a unanimous oh my God. here that we're going to make it happen for 2024. It's going to be I, amazing. I'm right. I'm not it down a, right um, now. 
like I don't sing metal or whatever, but I am. I try to be a music artist or whatever. And what I think is pretty awesome is the fact that you did Frankie's song or even just writing songs and stuff. Like, where do you find where did you find the inspiration for Frankie's song and how'd that come about? And like most of your music, do they just come? I'm sure they come from your own places of personal experiences and stuff, but well, that that one I had been really getting into the the standard tuning and some of the higher tunings. I think right now with metal, everybody's so tuned down, and even even some of the bigger radio rock bands now are tuned to B and A. And I thought, you know, my voice can fit over that type of tuning, but I thought, let me go back to this classic style of tuning that you know the bands tuned to that I grew up listening to the the Slayers and the Megadeth and the Metallicas, and um and our guitar player, Charlie, shout out to Charlie. He's a, he's a listener of, of busted open radio and, and he's helping me with Milwaukee metal fest this year. He brought me one of those riffs and I just thought I could see this. I try to envision every riff, every lyric, every song. I try to envision, envision it both in the little small club, like the VFW hall. And that's another, um, uh, a through line with rock and wrestling. Those of us who've really been road dogs and put in the work, we've done it at the VFW hall or the local bar or right up to the arena level and the stadium level. Okay. Um, and I try to envision it in both and will it work in both? And that was that one in particular, I called Charlie and said, this sounds great. I can see this pumping through the speakers, getting the crowd up off their asses. Cause we've all played to, uh, I, I, I lovingly uh, refer to them as nacho guy. Like, especially on Ozfest where he's you know, he's doing the impress me, bro. And he's sitting back like, all right, who's this? Who's this kid in the baseball hat or the bandana? Like, impress me, bro. <laughs> and uh, that's the riff. That's like you want to get this guy's ass out of his seat and and up to his feet and fist in the air rocking. And that that one. Uh, yeah, I got it. I actually got it like really late at night, stayed up, wrote the lyrics and we recorded it the next day and luckily now it's it's gotten some love and thanks to frankie he's, he's given it like some new life really mm -hmm. uh, on the streaming outlets and it's also appears i think now in the credits of a trauma film for those of oh, you wow. who, okay. who you know if trauma's listening i think lloyd didn't hit me back either i wanted to the toxic it, avenger to appear at milwaukee <laughs> wow what uh, but uh you know, Jamie, um, and I have a lot of questions, obviously, about your career, but you mentioned uh, a couple of times so far in this interview, Slayer. And, you know, I'm an old school guy. I grew up listening to Slayer. If I had to make a, a list of like five albums that changed my life, Rain and Blood would be uh, one of those albums. Um, but I find that a lot of younger fans, a lot of younger metal fans probably gravitate towards other Slayer. Like I, I hear a lot about Seasons in the Abyss and, and uh, South of Heaven. Have you found that too? Because to me, it's immediate. It's rain and blood. Is that, is that the album for you or is it another album that really made you fall in love with that band? Yeah, it's, it's rain and blood, but it also uh, God hates us all, I think, was a real return to form and, and, and revamped their entire career, re-energized the base. And I was on the that world tour. Actually, we didn't we did uh, Australia, we did Japan, we did Europe, the Unholy Alliance. And that was a changing of the guard when Slipknot actually started to headline. And a lot of the old school Slayer fans were really upset by this. But then when they saw how many new kids were coming, the, there was less of this sort of gatekeeper attitude and more of this unity of like, wow, this is fresh blood into the metal scene and into the metal world. And these kids know Slayer's legacy and respect 
you know, the work that they've put in and they really liked the heaviness and the groove of that album. And that's part of the reason why I invited Paul Bostaff to the pre-party for Milwaukee Metal Fest, because we, of course, we'll play some Slayer classics, but we'll even play some of the Bostaff era, which is, I think, super important, um, especially a record like God Hates Us All. And uh, Divine Intervention is a great record, too. We're, we'll probably do Ditto Head or, or Killing Fields off that one. But I know guys like my, our guitar player, Frank, shout out to Frank. He's like a hella weights guy. He's he does. He, he even likes um, haunting the chapel better than than rain and blood. And I'm like, you're crazy. So it, but it's all Slayer. It's all <laughs> hard and heavy and and amazing. You just said uh, gatekeeper. And this is a conversation that we have on this show all the time when it comes to wrestling fans, like where there's this battle between, oh, I'm a WWE fan. No, oh, you know, I'm an AEW fan. And I feel like um, there's a bit of that attitude when it comes to metal music as well. Is that true? Yeah, definitely. And I saw it in the curation of this festival. But at the end of the day, I'm I'm open to all criticism when it's constructive and when it's not, you know, disrespectful and, you know, you guys talk about the business. I love that. You know, you break the fourth wall. You you talk about the behind the scenes stuff. And I'm down to do that with metal, too. I think metal needs more of that, more transparency. And people are interested in it. And it helps us not only find out like who these next, you know, the headliners of tomorrow are going to be, but it also helps those bands that couldn't catch a break, you know, and maybe can't get played on the local radio station for whatever gatekeeping type of reason, or can't get on the, the big tour that's coming through because they're not adding local bands to the package. And, um, and yeah, we want less of that. We think it's high tide raises all ships. And right now we're hitting a peak and we need to extend the ladder down like Slayer did for hate breed, like Slipknot did for hate breed, like motorhead, you know, did for hate breed. That was like a life changing tour for us. And so, you know, you, 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 you make me think about an idea for next year because I just had Mickey D on my podcast. And if you're going to be out there, what if we do like a motorhead tribute set and we get you to sing, let's see, overkill bomber, ace of spades. How, are, how's are, your... you, are you asking me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's gotta be, love me like a reptile. Wow. All right. Deep. I mean, is that I, a deep I, cut or is that track four? Or I, you know what? I, or I can do Kill by Death. Or if you, if you want to do something newer, I can go, you know, do something off of Sacrifice if you want. Or like I'm, Civil I'm War is hard. Dude, dude, I'll do I'll do any song that you want. I mean, obviously, I'll leave Ace of Spades to the guys that are the masters. But if you yeah. want me to do a deep cut or something, dude, I'm down, Jamie. You are know you that. going to keep his microphone on or... <laughs> nah. Do you want to keep fans there? No, uh, dude, I will. Oh, wait, hold on a second. I know you're hold about promoting. Wait a second, okay, wait a second, David. wait a second. Mm -hmm. From this day forward, from today, May mm -hmm. 10th, 2023, to whatever date that I get up on that stage to sing a Motorhead song, I will practice every single day. And I'll do yes. a little bit of a little bit of Lemmy LaGreca, a little mix of Lemmy, a little mix of LaGreca. I will practice every day until that date I'm Lemmy up on stage LaGreca. to sing that song. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. No, this so will be legendary. Yes. yes. And and I think Civil War could be the track because that's a hard one. It's got the low register. I think you can hit the note. You can ride the note. If you don't, depends on what your range is, but I, I think I think you can hit it. All right. If all right. Are you telling me right now Civil War? 
I think that's a like that's a hit. That's not a hit, don't you think? It's like a deep cut. I I, I think it's a. I I listen. We I think we can all agree. I'm the biggest motor Motorhead fan there is. I don't think any of their songs were hits. But uh, Civil War is is definitely the, that's the song. That's the song I'm ripper. doing. That's the Did song you I'm just doing hear Motorhead cover uh, Enter the Sandman for ECW's album? Just got re-released. Mm-hmm. Really? Did it really? I forgot it was even on the track. And then once I, I saw it, I I remembered the whole Paul didn't want it. The one time we had licensed music, Paul did not want to use it because of... Uh, Gatekeeping. Uh, no, we, we paid for it. We had the, light, the rights to it. He was just like, I just don't want to change his music. Oh, By the way, look what gosh. I just found in my phone there, young man. Five yes, look at that. Jamie. Nice. Five years ago, you and I. Appreciate that. That was great. People were psyched. And we and so, you know, I was thinking if uh, if you come right, we can we can build the storyline. Like who would, who would you who would you wrestle, Tommy, at, at the Milwaukee Metal Fest? Could we? Could we could we talk bookings right now? Or are we are we putting the horse? We got a year to build for that. We're hey, let me ask you, uh, just because we, we got, got uh, two about minutes, two minutes Tommy, left. Yeah. We were doing a whole uh, uh, barefoot wrestlers. You said you got a story. Uh, this was off air about barefoot musicians. Tell me. Oh, yeah. So when I was about 14 years old, I my old band played a place in, in New York City called the Space at Chase. And I was a, a young Henry Rollins and Black Flag fan. And and that's a that's a you know, that's a statement that you got to be very careful saying on radio when you say black flag fan, because you don't want them to clip that as something else. So you so what I was gonna say was Gigi Allen had played the night before, and I didn't know. So I go in there to get on stage, and Gigi Allen is a is a barefoot rocker too. But the sound man grabs me and goes, kid, are you crazy? Do you know who played here last night? There's shit and blood and cum on that stage. You don't want to get up there barefoot. And thank God, because we noticed when we walked in, it had a it had a pretty raunchy smell. But um, thank you to that sound man. I forget his name, but he saved me from getting whatever. What did you guys say earlier? You, you were talking about ringworm. I, I ringworm. That's a whole other <laughs> ring type of something. That's another type of worm that, that you might just- get. You're getting oh, more. It <laughs> Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.